Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. by somebody somewhere that's going to pop up in an ad somewhere randomly on one of my social media. Really, (laughs) really. Hi, we heard you're interested in recording meetings. Here's an ad for you. Hey, Courtney, it's 110 degrees out. It sure is. Hey, y'all, I'm going to let you finish. Courtney, Amy, we're here. We're sweating like motherfuckers in this motherfucker. I don't even want to tell you what I'm not wearing right now. Listen. I'm wearing clothes. I'm wearing clothes. I have showered, and this shirt is for you. And these shorts are for you. Because trust me, it has been a naked in the house day. (laughs) Whenever it's hot like this and I take more than one shower, you can Mm -hmm. understand the reference Mm because you're a New Yorker. Mm -hmm. I I think of the late, great David Dinkins, the man (laughs) who took 110 showers a day. Mm -hmm. But always looked amazing. So there you go. All right. Well, anyway, we're back. He's still black. I don't know. You know, I'm not. We do have a special guest this week. We do. We have my lovely, 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 talented friend, Brian Backus, who we'll be bringing in in about 20 minutes, who's, um, well, he's a Grammy-winning producer, so there you go. We've already, we're already ahead of the game right there. Top that oh. other podcast. And a DJ. And a DJ. Remixer. Everything. A&R <laughs> guy. Um, Lot. Live show, right. maestro, and, summer and, stage. <laughs> and, and his mother is a phenomenal cook. And Brian is not bad on the pots and pans himself. But that's a whole nother conversation. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, here, I'm going to use one of my, my award-winning segues. <laughs> Speaking of pots and pans, did you see the finale of Pose? I might have to get the segues back if that's going to be the same. Like, that's, that's just sorry. as bad as my segues. I'm I'm like, I, I mean, oh, wait, wait. From pots and plans to, tra- to black gay trauma television. Well, it had pots, pans, pose. There was alliteration. Yeah. All right. Y- you know. Uh, yeah. Okay. Next. <laughs> yeah. Let me just say this about pose because I feel like for three seasons, this show was three different shows. The Thank first, you. the first season, it kind of had a dark tone and, you know, there was a whole underlying story with the housewife and all of that. The second show, the second oh, season yeah. became the camp. That. Right. Right. That, that whole thing. Th- that whole that. thing. The second <laughs> season became, hi, let's see how much furniture Billy Porter can chew up and eat in every scene. Oh my and God. then the third season <laughs> came back to, Sorry, like, yeah, <laughs> to black gay trauma television. I'm glad it happened. Yes. I'm ready for more stories for Black, Latino, Asian, Native American stories of our community to come out. But we have a lot of stories, and they're not all traumatic. So I am right. ready yeah. for 
this opening, hopefully, to give us some more stories. But I didn't love Pose from no. day one. No, I me just neither. I didn't love it. No, I mean, I, I Pose is one of those things you want to support it. You do support it. It is. It was important for all the reasons you said. The problem is, is that it very often, and I'm glad that the focus shifted away from Billy Porter, even though he's wonderful, but I'm glad it did focus to the lesser characters. I'm glad we did to see those women's stories. But I sometimes felt like, and again, I'm not the audience for this show, but I sometimes felt like I was getting a TED Talk Mm-hmm. The the writing was I'm sorry the right you the writing is not good on that show because everything is a speech and I'm they sorry. made Blanca had more everything was, was a, a speech. speech she never had a conversation she had a monologue right. every time whether there was someone in the room with her or not she was monologuing and I was you, around for those years. No one spoke like that. No one spoke like that. I know. And I also and they were raising important points, but I Absolutely. also I also know it's bad when I'm sitting there going writing the next line of dialogue and going and now he's going and now Billy Ford is going to sit in front of the mirror mm. taking off his makeup, looking in the mirror and he's going to be dead in the next scene. Oops, mm-hmm. spoiler alert. I mean, mm-hmm. that was it's like come on, you know. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah. And it was like this is the we can have a whole conversation, but this is the problem with Ryan Murphy. He starts out promising, and then he's just it becomes very kind of horrible. <laughs> right? There's that word, and you also just sometimes get a sense of Ryan Murphy that he's like a drunk kid in the candy shop. He wants to see how much money he can spend, and it's like, why don't you work on hiring script writers instead of Janet Mock, who is not a fucking script writer okay? at all? Yeah, at no. all. And the, we've talked about this, but the lionization of Janet Mock I find problematic. But we'll have that conversation another time. But anyway, I'm glad Pose existed. Yeah. I'm glad these women got work. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we saw some new faces. On mm-hmm. to the next one. On mm-hmm. to the next one. I don't mm-hmm. mean, not every story about Jews has to be about the Holocaust, and every story mm-hmm. about blacks has to be about slavery, and not I every mean, story about gay people I'm has done. to be AIDS. I, I don't care if it's Barry Jenkins. I'm not watching the Underground Railroad. Me I'm either. done. We're I am done. done with slave narratives. I'm done. Yeah. I don't want to see us be maids and slaves anymore. We've done a lot more since then. And this is not to disrespect like this. My ancestors, like my family's from the South. You know, my mother, my right. father's family's from New York. My mother's family is from North Carolina. Deep right. back. That is all of that. But we have a lot of stories to tell. Yeah. And these generations have moved on and we need these kids to have more hope and to be looking forward and not chained to every story being black trauma. Speaking of black trauma. Oh, oh that, now that was a good segue. I was going to say, and speaking of slavery, Mariah right. Carey right. has broken free from Jay-Z. Or Alleged. she said, what? Alleged, Alleged, allegedly. allegedly. Now, in her statement of... In her statement of, well, evidently there's a a rumor came out this weekend. Was it the mirror or somebody? Daily Mail, so suspect. Tried to say, you know, they had a big blowout. First of all, guys, newsflash, they've known each other for a million years. And I don't think this is the first blowout they've had. No, I can't imagine that. I I don't think it's the first blowout they've had. But evidently they're like, she's leaving Rock Nation over the direction of her career, blah, 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 blah. Blah. So she puts out a statement after Wendy Williams does her show, basically saying, 
like, oh, there's no only, only feud we have, something, something, heartbreak or whatever. Here's the thing that I say. Who gives a shit? Yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> who number gives one, a shit? number one, who, who gives, gives a shit? shit? Who, who gives, gives a shit? shit? And who and, gives a shit? And then it's like, oh, yeah, who gives a shit? Right. It's like, okay, the two 50-something-year-olds are fighting. Or what? The race to the middle? I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I, I I'm like, Mariah Carey, <laughs> a 50-something-year-old woman is mad about the direction of her career, that she still has a career, is phenomenal. She a huge great, one. A she has huge a huge one. career. She had a huge. great... She had a great year. She had yes. a number one album. She had a number one single. She had a top top ten book. I mean, come on, you know. I mean, yeah. It's it's the Daily Mail. So you have to be suspect. It's 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 um anything Murdoch. I don't think it happened. I can't imagine that Jay Z has enough time in the day to have a fight with Mariah Carey and vice versa. <laughs> He's too busy giving Robert Kraft a fucking car. For I some mean. Yeah, whatever. Uh, so yeah, that that would be fun if it were true, but it's not true. But you know, like Wendy Williams. Except we're t- the what? one thing she did not say is she didn't say I didn't leave Rock Nation. Oh, all right. Now, and to me, I always pay attention to what people don't say. Okay. It's what they don't say, like and watch. Maybe listen. She switched management a lot, so I can yeah. see her being a person who's like, I want something different because right. that seems to be her team. But the fighting part, I don't believe. Yeah, and who cares? Yeah, it's who like cares? who gives a shit. But right. you know, what we do care about. We do care. Our girl Sinead O'Connor. We do. And um, I love that I got to see her when oh, she you, played in New that's York great. because she's that's good great. friends with Bill, and she almost didn't do the show because she wasn't feeling well. But of yeah. course, she was like, "My voice, I don't really feel well. I hope you guys can really hang with me." And of course, what did she do? She proceeded to sing the house down. When was this? When was a long time ago? Uh, this was. When did she put that last album that had come out and it was the first one in a really long time? It, it was in, no, oh, it was it? There was a, she put yeah, it was like 2015, 2015, something around within, there. She has, that's the thing. I mean, all right, so there has been, she is retiring from touring and performing and recording. She said, I'm old and I'm tired. <laughs> well, there has been some snarky comments about like, oh, she's already said that, who cares? She has admittedly had a problematic time. She is, mm-hmm. she is openly, um, ha, um, has has mental health issues. She's been yeah. very open about it. She has had a traumatic life. She has been very open about it. She has been treated very badly by the business and has been open about it. Um, I dare say a man would not have been treated as poorly as she was. Her memoir, I'm dying to read her memoir. I want to read that. I heard but it's great. It's, heard, on my, sure, it's on my to-read list. I'm sure it's great. Um it was and, 2012. That was when I saw it. All right, all right. But, um, you know, she is literally and figuratively a great voice, and she was very important. It's hard for people now to remember what an impact she made because she really changed the landscape in a lot of ways, and she did it her own way at a time when women really didn't have the freedom to do it their own way like right, that. I mean, right. imagine nowadays a girl coming out, a woman coming out who's so pretty, who doesn't femme it up and have the long hair is no big deal. That's standard issue, right? right but imagine right. being back then and they're trying to push her as a pop star. So I and remember and they were like, she's so beautiful. You're right, so beautiful. right. Why, Why are you making you? yourself look yeah. ugly? Right, uh, right, right, right. Um, anyway, I wish her all the best because I think she was a, she's a great artist, a beautiful voice. And 
you know what? She's given us a lot. There's no reason why she shouldn't go out on her own terms. So let her. Absolutely. You know, Listen, I, the word artist is thrown around a lot. There are a lot of artist. singers. She's an artist. There are a lot of singers. There are a lot of, a lot of hip hop artists. Uh, rappers, I should say. But yeah. when I really think of artists, it's people who really come lead art first. Yeah. And the one thing I will say, Fu, because I followed, you know, I have all her albums from the gospel stuff to, to when she did the reggae records. And listen, she's always led art first. So you yeah. get my respect 1000% because you know that this person is doing it because it's coming out their soul to sing. Right. right and with so. that, and with that came you know, you see a lot of the pain and you see a lot of the conflict and the trauma. And we were all sort of guilty of snickering in a way. But you know what? She, she's she got that that dark kind of thing that Irish, that's inbred in the Irish, this kind of dark sort of like, I don't know. I, I, I always thought a gorgeous voice and that's all that matters. And I wish yeah. her well because I think she's, I think she was misunderstood. Absolutely. And, and, and I give her credit for a lot of the great stuff she's done. All right. Let's talk a little bit about this Tommy Boy deal. Um, so you want to yeah. give them kind of like, because it's interesting. You want to kind of fill in this, the, the blanks there? We're going to discuss well, this also more with Brian when he joins us. Yeah, you know, it's Tommy Boy is, you know, everybody knows is, is a company, you know, Tom Silverman. And it's really an interesting thing because we've been watching the fight with De La Soul and their music, which is still not streaming anywhere because of, you know, the there were so many issues with samples, I guess, evidently not being clear with that album that it became illegal. The it's mainly the first, the first album. And it became a nightmare. But it also is a bigger story about artists' rights and when does your music that you produced and written, when does that revert back to you? And when right. do you get to get those share split? And it seems like they would never really play fairly with Dayla for whatever reason. But I love that a company headed by Faith Newman, who is a music person who is very, very respected. Nas, right. third base. It's called Reservoir. And, Reservoir. They, and they bought the Tommy Boy catalog, which right. affects some people that I know that have albums that are on Tommy Boy through their with their clients and some of them who are like you know it's fine but I'm but they're also in the space where uh, uh, their rights are about to revert back to them kind of soon so well that's what I very, wanted to ask you that's what I want to ask you are, are Dela the so just a real fast Tommy Boy Records was a hugely important independent uh label new york based independent label yeah. a queen latifah naughty by nature 808 state yeah they, they uh, really House were like a hip -hop. they were like underground hip-hop and then they kind of did like electronic dance, underground dance right yeah. dan um digital underground who we talked about a while RuPaul, back like, supermodel right, of the world right. yeah so, but de la soul was sort of their premier rap act um it broke really big really big but their first album, Three Feet High and Rising, was sampled a tremendous amount, Prince Paul uh, working with them, and there was always a huge, huge legal issues with clearing the samples. The group, the Turtles, took them to court. Yeah, a lot of people did. A lot of yeah. people. I mean, it held it up. And so they have never been available on streaming, though. De La Soul continues to be a very important... Um, well, part of that is a De La, they've been try, they try to put up a De La Fights because right. all of that has been years ago, you know, and it was a, it was very costly. But the splits, the way that album worked, has, has 
these the, they never made any money off of that record. Right. And now we're talking that album is thirty something years old. So yeah. uh, they're like, we need different splits for this. This is it's still our work. You know what I mean? You guys said yes, it cost you a lot of money. You've made a lot of money on these records. And the fact that the splits were so unfair, the group always fought to block when they were trying. Because remember recently, Tommy Boy was trying to put the albums online. And right. I got very vocal, do not stream this work. Right, a lot of people, Questlove, not that. Yeah, because they were like, it's not approved. We've not made any money. We can't, you know what I mean? So Faith and Reservoir, evidently, are already in talks with Dayla. So right. you know that when you and have- And she's a, got the credibility. She's got, she's the perfect person because she absolutely. is not a, she's a businesswoman, but she's a music head. So she's coming. It's like we said, this is not a Scooter Braun. It's not Scooter Braun selling, selling some nameless, right. faceless conglomerate that's just going to think about slam these songs in movies, no, TV, this, sell me something, give me no, something, she, sell it. She's got credibility. But what I wanted to ask you, and then I want to, uh, we'll- Move on, on, but what I wanted to ask you is: Is the issue with Tommy Boy and streaming? Is it only digital underground streams? I know that. Yeah, no, it's, no, it's the Daylaw situation. It's just Daylaw. It is okay. specific to them. You can find RuPaul. You can find Queen Latifah. Everything. This has been a Daylaw fight, and it all streams back from all of, I guess, the lawsuits and the money. But I right. also look at the label and say, guess what, guys? Artists turn in their records all of the time. You're supposed to clear the sample. Yeah, that's your There's job. There's a clamp here. There, you have a whole department that's Well, back then samples. they did. I mean, back yeah. then oh, it wasn't. Sure. I mean, yeah. Sure. I mean, there was not. It wasn't Maybe. like it was now. Do you it remember? Was... But see, all, and that's it. All those hot records you all love. We all loved hot records. And then the original composers were like, I love that song too. Actually, <laughs> I love it so much, much that, that you're going to pay you. me. Well, you know, there's, I have, I'm not even lying. I have three, two or three versions of CeeLo, CeeLo's second solo record or first mm -hmm. solo record and one has a U2 sample that mm -hmm. was never cleared obviously mm -hmm. and I've kept them just because I you love, know yeah that's I it I love the U2 sample and then there's the version of um oh god I'm totally blanking out but there's always been those songs where like one kind of gets in and you know they never got a chance to clear oh, it oh well listen I yeah, I know. My, I mean, it's like, yeah. My, uh, my old boy, okay. If you have an original run, an original run yeah. of the B-Day album yeah, from the first pressing, you will have uh, a cover of Desiree, a cover basically of Desiree's I'm Kissing You, an okay. interpolation. Right. It is not on any of the other runs. And and there was a video album. That video is also not on a video album on any of the runs that come after that. Well, people, remember, people yeah. don't play. Like there's some people like Desiree, there's some people yeah. who do not let you sample their music. The first time I would let anybody sample their music really was Madonna with Hung Up. They don't let so you know, you have like some artists who feel like this is my work. Yeah. Don't touch it. I wasn't mad at Tracy. Ch Tracy Chapman was very bad. And listen, I got where Nicki Minaj was like, I'm an artist I'm trying to create. It's like, yes, but you are creating from literally someone else's work that they created. Well, so you, but then, then you have a case like the fucking Eagles suing Frank Ocean for mm -hmm. Hotel California. And he and his mm -hmm. argument, and it was true, was, but I'm not selling this. I'm not making any money on this. I mean, so. Right. And then, but, but if you send somebody something and it's their work and they say yeah. no. 
and then you put it out anyway, it's like, but I didn't want my work. If you want to make it and play it to your friends, great. But now you put it out there and I told you no. Well, we'll have to do, we'll have to, because there's, there's just a yeah, lot it's a, of it's a slippery, it's a slippery it slope. A because I think, though, if you do have a right to be creative and, and, and pick from other people's work, but you are picking from someone else's work. So okay. what they, you, they I you, feel like they have a right to, to say, you know what? I, I don't like my work picked apart and sampled. I wrote this, I want it to be like this, and I don't approve of it being in another form. You do have the right with your art I, to do that too. I heard a story once, and I don't know if it's true, and then I, we can talk a little bit about the concert thing, but I mm -hmm. heard a story, it may be apocryphal, that mm -hmm. on the, tr the first Tribe record, so Can I Kick It samples Lou Reed's Walk on the Wild Side, right. and they were on Jive at the time, which was an mm -hmm. RCA label, and Lou Reed was also on RCA, and Lou mm -hmm. Reed was pissed at RCA. He wasn't oh. had nothing against Tribe, right. but pissed at RCA. And so, like fucking, he Tribe never got a dime off of that wow, song yeah. because he took it because he was just <laughs> living. He may have slipped him a check later on, but he was just like fucking. But the lion's share of your big hit, he was like, "Thank you very much." Thank you. Like, very how well. much does how much does Sting make off of "I'll Be Missing You"? Well, I always <laughs> I always said that. I said instead of paying Sting to be on the record, why don't you just give that check to the kids since you're raising that? Um, well, speaking of the kids, Courtney. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Live music is back in New York. Live music is back in New York. If you have an extra $3,000 in your pocket, you can get a pair of Bruce Springsteen tickets and go see him on Broadway starting June 26th. Well, yeah, I don't know. Well, the, the first night, the first night's, um, it's going to be the first Broadway show. He's reprising mm -hmm. his Tony Award show. Uh, Tony Award winning show. Mm -hmm. I have friends um, that went. Which I, I have friends who went to and said it's it was fantastic. Everybody I, saw I know Netflix, loved it. Loved it. I yeah. saw it on Netflix. It was really good. Uh, the first night's uh, proceeds are going to go to food banks. And, yeah. you know, so he is. Um, you will need to prove you are vaccinated. Um, so get your Excelsior pass now, kids. This is when the rubber is going to hit the road on this. Um, Nick Games, I know they've been vaccinated. And unvaccinated sections, Yankee Stadium. Listen, do you know well. how much money his show made? His show, oh, made, a, a gazillion his, dollars. Those, first of all, I my friend took his mom. He was like, uh, my mom loves Bruce Springsteen, so I bought tickets. He was like, literally, I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to sleep with somebody to pay my. Rent. No, they were like two hundred dollars yeah. a ticket, uh, right? Something uh, crazy. Two hundred dollars? No, those tickets were like a thousand seven hundred. five hundred. And more, they two. I don't. I didn't hear about a two hundred dollar ticket for anything. Bruce Springsteen. That, that show made like a hundred thirteen million dollars or something really crazy. And there wasn't a lot. Well, there certainly wasn't a lot of set design or other people on stage. And but you know, this time the tickets go sale Thursday. You know immediately. And then we have the Foos opening up the Garden June twentieth. Yeah, the Foo Fighters are going to be doing the first. Uh, live concert at Madison Square Garden. It's going to be full capacity, no mm -hmm. masks, no social distancing, but you will have to have proof of vaccination. So for all these anti-vax people, okay, fine, don't get vaccinated, but don't fucking try to, you don't get, you know, you pay to play, baby. Well, you just have to wait a little longer, right? That's what it's going to be. You just have to wait a little longer. Yeah, because so I understand. Gonna... I understand. Listen, if you have an aversion of being vaccinated, I listen. I, who am I to tell you to run and do something? What's good for me might not be good for you, so I can't say you should or shouldn't do something. But I do 
because I, I have a friend who, who doesn't want to be vaccinated and was saying to me, well, it's not fair. I said, well, listen, everything is opening up because people are getting vaccinated. I said, so right. really, you're saying something's not fair, but you, you're reaping the benefits of the people who are willing to do this thing that you're not willing to do. Right. So if you have to wait a little longer, you have to wait a little longer, but you can't be like, these things are opening up. I was like, yeah, because people are doing that thing that you don't want to do. Right. And I'm respecting you not wanting to do it, but I, it feels a little cop-out-ish well, you for you to you be so bitchy about it and you're yeah. not... And, and and this shit is opening up because there are people who want to do the shit that you're like, yeah. I'm not comfortable you doing. You can't have it both ways. Right. I mean, right. and uh, so the VMAs are also going to come back to party. Yes, for, it's not for exciting all. for a yeah. channel that shows no There's music that none yeah. of my young people have yeah. ever watched, couldn't no. point it out on the channel, but they're doing an award show. Yay! <laughs> An award a, for well, non-existent videos. Well, but they'll get a bunch of people to come perform because... Sure. At this point, it'll be a live event in New it's York. It's a live event in And Brooklyn. everything is happening. If you think about it, that same, all the celebrities be in New York. That same week is New York Fashion Week. Oh, are they going to the, do that this year? The, are they the doing The Fall it? Met Gala. Oh, are they and, doing Yes, they're doing it. Yes, all these yeah. a lot. And the VMA. So New York is about, this is part of the whole, whole like it really starts with this uh, thing that we're going into next is Clive Davis. New York homecoming concert. Well, that they're they're in the Central they're Park. in the yeah. process of trying to arrange at De Blasio, and, 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 and right now they say August twenty sixth looks like right the date a great that's in the happen. Great Lawn to have yeah. a concert, which is always where the iconic great yeah. shows yeah, are. Yeah. But um, you know, when we have a super spreader event, our super spreader events are fucking cool because okay. they come with outfits. There's right. going to be wind. <laughs> you know there's going to be. There's going to be. We don't have some fucking Trump hoedown <laughs> or some cars going around in a circle. If no. We're gonna, if there's we're no boat a, parade here. Yeah, we're yeah, not yeah. getting on the boat. Right. If we're going to have a third wave of a deadly disease, it's going to be fucking funky, man. And you Don't know the crazy know. thing is, I do have some friends and people that I know who are Trump supporters who listen to the show. I so to them, I just say, um, Why? it's not going to be a... I, listen... I have, I, listen, who am I to tell people? All right, let me ask you, Uh I, all right, let me ask you, I mean, very serious, I know you're, if Uh you had a friend who was an avowed racist, would you still be friends with them? Well, no, because that friend wouldn't be friends with me, Okay, but then you have friends who, but, no. Yeah, but you know what? I have friends who are Republicans who are just going to be Republican no matter what. I'm not talking about Republican, I'm talking about But they are, so that's why they supported Trump, because he's, to them, he is a Republican, and they see for whatever thing, they see policies that I don't seem to see, but you know what? We're not even trying to go down that road. I know. You know what's really funny? It. You know what I love? Every time we have this conversation, I tell you, I do have some friends. You're like, I can't fucking do it. I you, can't you do say, it. You're very consistent. You're like, ah, yeah, no. I mean, I know people who no. voted for Trump <laughs> and they're nice enough, but they are not going to, I'm not inviting them to the cookout. Right. That's right. for fuck sure. You know, I'm not doing it. I can't. Right, Spoonie? No, Trump. No. Oh, Spoonie's back. She's very involved. Yeah, in so anyway, we got all this live shit going. I don't know. Yep. So that'll be fun. That'll, that'll be, be fun. fun. Listen, I think it's going to be an exciting time. And it's baby steps. We're gonna learn how to walk again. That's what's um, gonna go on. We're gonna no, learn how to that's walk. us. Have you been outside this weekend? It's not it's like the land of Babylon. People are swinging from the rap. No, I know. I was at Coney Island last weekend. There's like nine million people there. But what I'm saying is is I think 
look, I plan, I'm fully vaccinated. You're fully vaccinated. I do not wear a mask when I'm around people who are fully mm -hmm. vaccinated that I know. I still wear a mask when I go to stores. I still wear a mask when I go to school. I still wear a mask on the subway. I do not freak out walking down the street whether I don't have a mask on. I'm, I'm you know, I am not going to go overseas until next year. Um, that said, you know, you have to, I am not eager to be in a crowd of a thousand people. I'm never eager to be in a crowd of a thousand people. So I would not go to the show in the Great Lawn, but I wouldn't do go to the show on the Great Lawn if, if the world were healthy either. I just don't like big shows. But right. I am still, if I were at that show, I would still wear a mask. If I were at the Food Fighter show, I would still wear a mask. Um, but that's just me. But I'm not as freaked out as most of us. So I think it's going to be, I think the big, you know, it's, I'm glad to see it back. I'm glad to see people getting, starting to get emails about yeah. tours coming up. I'm glad. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. for a creative thing and also just for an economic thing. I, uh, we need it. Absolutely. So I think this is a perfect, 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 perfect segue to, stop. to uh, into, <laughs> introduce, to I stop guess. In the name of love. <laughs> uh, I just want to mention, by the way, that there's like clouds that are yeah. so black. It's like, wow. No, it just that they're, they're, they're rising. They're riding right over my shit right now. Yeah, Look no, how dark my, you can see me. How look how dark. I have the yeah. room. I have lights okay, on in this here. room and okay. everything just look at became that. super yeah. dark. I just turned the lights off and I'm like, where are you? I can't right. say it. Right. All right, right. so uh, we are going to bring on my friend and soon to be Courtney's friend because as soon as he sees him, he's going to go, I know this guy. Brian Backus, Brian Michelle Backus, who is was the head of A and R at Antilles Records, who A and R the very first and most important Nora Jones record, who is a Grammy winning producer who worked with Gregory Porter, the album that Gregory was the album on, who has worked with um, Liz Wright, who has worked for Summer Stage, which we'll talk about the return of Summer Stage and Celebrate Brooklyn. DJ worked with the legendary Joe Cosal. I told Courtney Le that and his, like, his head wait, almost exploded. I was like, what? what? Yeah, wait, what? wait, wait. What? I just thought this was another one of your weird friends. <laughs> wait, no, no, no. Wait. I was I was doing my Oprah with Meghan Markle. Like, wait, wait, wait. what? <laughs> I know. What? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. You actually did a... Wait, stop. <laughs> Hammer time with that. I, I was like, I figured I'd pull that one out my ass yeah, that's at a the good last one. That minute. A good yeah, it's a good one. Anyway, so when uh, Brian is going to talk to us about all sorts of cool stuff, because he is like our friend Bill Coleman, and they are friends as well, um, a multi-hyphenate who's always had uh, wonderful taste in music and has a real good sense of the business and the creative end of things. So we are very pleased to have on our 51st show, now that we have received our AARP <laughs> invitation and, the, um, and the, uh, the flyers that come about burial plots, and mm -hmm. as soon as happens, as soon as you're And again, friend, discounts to hotels that we'll never stay at. Ever, uh. <laughs> ever, ever, ever. I want to introduce to you my dear friend, Brian Backus, who... Oh, who, thank you. On top of everything else, I haven't seen him in two years because so. Hi, Brian. Um, Brian is many things. He 
a jack of all trades, master of all. He was the head of A&R at Antilles Records. Which we just did that. We introduced him. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think it bears repeating. You guys, he came on and she got so excited. She's like, here it is again. Well, okay. <laughs> I, I just, okay, so... I'm trying to think, Brian, when did you and I first meet? Probably like early 90s, right? Would have definitely three. been early 90s. Yeah, four, um, three, when I would leave my child at home. Just in actually, actually, late late 80s, probably. No, uh, I was pregnant. I, I wasn't doing anything. Um, but Brian used to, de there used to be quite the little scene in Fort Greene, Brooklyn, back when it was still black and affordable. Mm -hmm. And we would hang out at the late lamented Frank's Lounge. And oh, that's my no spot. Longer. I used to love, oh. And the no fact longer. that it went away during the pandemic and I could not get there, I, I, that last Saturday, I was like, are you kidding me? It's like- I know, I know. So they much, wanted, that was just, that was a lot. No, they were going to have a going away party mm -hmm. on April 10th. Mm -hmm. And I was all bummed because I was like, oh, I'm going to be overseas. And then boom, it's sitting there. They, they're trying to sell the building. But Brian used to DJ with uh, Richard Nixon, not the Richard Nixon, the other mm -hmm. Richard Nixon. Mm -hmm. That Richard was Nixon. actually his name. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and our friend, the late Tom Terrell, and the guys yep. at Frank's. So they used to have acid jazz night. Remember that genre? <laughs> I, I had a I had a club night called Welcome to the Jazz Club, right? Which uh, started out like it was a Christmas party for Antilles when I was running when I was running Antilles, and uh, that's how the whole thing started off. It was kind of with a bang, and. Uh, that was like the heyday of acid jazz. So oh, it was great. that was one of the spots to go to. One of the one of the great honors of my life is that there's a picture or there was a picture of me in the uh, DJ booth. Booth of France. France. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I ever DJed there, but I did have my 40th birthday there. And it was one of the best parties of I do say you were there, right? You were at my birthday party. Right? Yep. Yep. Okay. I, you know, I first went to Frank's when Marjorie Clark brought me there. Oh my God, okay. Marjorie. And, hey, and she, Marjorie. Hey, Marjorie. Yeah. <laughs> they used to do, they used to do, I think it used to be Def Jam and Tommy Boy used to alternate weeks and they used to do a party and they would have like, um, they would have like an act that they were either going to sign or about to sign or had mm. to do something, do like a, a kind of performance to adapt or whatever. And then it would just be a big party. And I, I didn't know anything was going on there because I had never been upstairs. I'd right. only been downstairs. And then I went up there, like, I think it was, it was like a whole Wednesday other situation. It, it was, was like, the, there, was the, there was the was drug, like, the drug room, the drug no, room. You don't oh, know how much, like, drug yeah, but you know what, for me, I've danced to so much house music on that second floor at Frank's, man. Right. So right. No. many The floor nights. used to bounce too. So, like yeah. literally so yeah. many nights. No, it was, it, a, great, it was a great scene. That that second floor has baby powder built into mm -hmm. it. You don't even have <laughs> and, to put any and, more. And other kind of powder too. Oh, allegedly. Possibly. Yeah, allegedly. I allegedly. also I also hear you and I might share a little bit of a similar history. I was the video buyer for Tower Video, the one in the village. And evidently, you were a buyer at Tower Records. Right. I was a buyer at Tower. You probably came in after me because I think, mm -hmm. I, I think Susie, what's Susie's last name? Leidenfrost or something. She was the buyer, I think, when I left. Yeah. And then she became the 
the big boss. Oh, and yeah. Then, yeah. And we did not really get along. I don't know why. And I'm like, I do know why, actually. But that's, it's so funny. Yeah. You know, think about for 20 million years. I was such a cocky kid, too, because I just felt like when I worked but, there and got that job, first I was, you know, like everybody else, I was doing the shelves and all of that shit. And then I kind of moved up and I became the buyer. And then we became the number one store in the whole chain, the video store. Right. You tell me shit. I was like, well, the shit I'm doing is working. And it was a little... Well, listen, they, they, everybody was cocky in the video department from the mm -hmm. beginning when it used to be across the street in the, in the tape department, mm -hmm. every, I mean, I, I just remember like some of the kids, you know, who I think one of the early people there was, um, oh, she was a metalhead, and she was the, the video buyer at one time. But then Steve Kleinberg, do you remember mm -hmm. Steve Kleinberg? You yeah, worked at Electra? Yeah, yeah, I do. Uh -huh. Steve Kleinberg was a buyer there wow. at the very beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Video. Yep. Yeah. We're old. We're it was old. a fun time. And Cher used to live when I when I worked there. Cher well, she used, lived in the silk She lived building. in Russell's old apartment in that building. Right. And she would come in, but everybody would come in there. I saw well, that's everybody. When that's, that's, where, that's everybody. That's where G Street was and Mango mm -hmm. and everything. That was like, a great uh, office. Madonna there. came in there, fucking Naomi yeah. Campbell came, just everybody. Everybody when they were like at their young, hot New York, uh, it was Tyler. I know. Yeah, and at night too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it was open. It was open to. It's open to midnight. So. Yeah, it's open. Yeah. To, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, Brian, we wanted to talk to you first because I haven't seen you in so long. But also, we wanted. We had been talking. Courtney and I started talking about sort of the return uh, that we're slowly making our way back to live music again. And I know that this is like one of, one of your many lanes. But I I wanted to talk to. We both want to talk to you a little bit about. Um, you know, the New York concert scene, the festival scene, that, that's kind of, so, you know, Summer Stage, Celebrate Brooklyn. Right. And jazz of, artists, because to yeah. me, you know, everybody's excited that the garden, these things are opening. But jazz artists in particular, touring is the lifeblood for jazz right, artists, and especially right, international, right. because the yeah. jazz scene is so much bigger outside of the U.S. Much bigger, so how yeah. are these artists coping with not being able to go to Japan, go to all of the places that they would normally be? You know, it's been really, really painful, uh, I think, for jazz artists in general, especially because most of their live work, mo most of them, was in Europe and, and, and Japan. Absolutely. Right? And so with those places really closed down. We were, we were thinking at first that Europe would open up first, mm -hmm. but that hasn't happened. I know there's a few acts that are actually have dates booked in Europe now. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what kind of scene it's gonna be in the bigger uh, halls, right. but here in New York, I talked to Erica Elliott, who is the, um, the head of Summer Stage, Mm -hmm. this week and uh they're going to be opening up this this month um yeah they put a so slate they're gonna out. Have, yeah it's yeah they're going to have outside outdoor concerts it's going to be you have to actually register for it That's so it's going to be wondering the the website is weird because so you cannot just roll up the way it used no, to be no 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 that may change you know depending on what our numbers look like let's say in july that may change and they just may open it. But right now it's going to be limited audiences. I think it's going to be probably half or, you know, a third or something of what it used to be okay. in terms of the audience size. 
And um, but they're going to be open and live, you know. A lot of uh, a lot of free shows still, or are there a lot of paid benefit shows? No, I think there's a lot, lot of paid, paid shows. shows, but there's also yeah, a lot of paid shows. They they have a good balance of both. Yeah, they need. The yeah, they need. Yeah, the paid shows are usually the, the off days that mm. they don't have things booked, and mm. also in September. So what they do sometimes in September, sometimes they have fundraising shows for mm. summer stage, mm -hmm. but then a lot of concert people come in and, and do stuff in September. Well, I feel um, like I'm not going to fault them from needing money. Like they lost no, the whole not, year. No, I wasn't. You know? I wasn't saying that at all. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. just wondering because the website. I didn't realize the registration thing because I'm looking at the right. website going. I'm already confused. Um, are the smaller summer stage shows in the parks and the smaller parks going to happen? Do you think? I think so too. Um, I know that they've already reached out to me about Charlie Parker, which is the end of August. Nice. So that jazz festival, it's going to be. A little bit more limited. It's going to be only at Marcus Garvey Park over two nights, um, but it's a nice lineup, and it's something I think from seven till nine thirty. Okay. At night, I love so, those uh, parties. And Marcus, that's right. I've seen show. I yep. love that stage in Marcus. It's beautiful. I and listen, I've seen some great, great, great shows. Right. Great I saw a play there. there. It was absolutely. Beautiful. I saw Roy I Ayers there a couple of summers ago, and he turned it out. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, you know what I wanted to ask is that so there's literally like like lightning bolts like out of a cartoon mm -hmm. going on outside of my house. Um, oh, so here too. Part, yeah, part of the thing obviously with touring is that you just don't wake up one day and like I'm going to play a show. You have Absolutely. to book it. And the international yeah. acts in particular, it's you know getting visas and getting everybody right, over. So, right. so because of this, it's almost been like a quick sort of turnaround. I mean, three months ago. Nobody could do anything, and now it's open. So are they going to be focusing mainly on domestic, local New York acts? And is that a good thing in a way to showcase our, our scene? I, I think that's going to happen here um, because I think we've, we're opening up first in terms of our, our vaccination numbers and stuff are, are better than Europe, let's say, at yeah. this point. And so I think you're going to see more of domestic acts. And it's going to be a little more difficult for... Uh, foreign acts to even, uh, you know, to, to get the visa to come play um, just that just out of the COVID uh, scenario. Right. So, so, but, but, you know, one of the things though is the booking agents that were hit mm -hmm. so hard yeah. um, during COVID, they've been, you know, pushing things back and back and back. And they've been, you know, they've had to be either, either you decided that you were going to do a different career move or you had to just keep on being at it and keep on booking stuff and then changing it, booking it and booking it. So if you have, you know, a roster of stuff, you, you, you know, they probably thought they were going to be back in September. Right. And then that didn't happen, you know, but they could see that pretty, you know, a few months out. So those things started getting moved back and moved back and canceled and stuff like that. But I think most of the booking agents I've talked to are, you know, they've, they've been scrambling for the last year. So right. they're, they're, you know, they're on, they've got their phone and email and stuff like that. And they're constantly trying to plug holes. The problem in the U.S., though, is that especially places like Summer Stage and Celebrate Brooklyn, the, um, the tax revenue from the city and the state has not been what it was. So it wasn't like they had a budget and they, they didn't, you know, it wasn't being spent right. or it was being spent mildly just to do, you know, streaming shows. They just did, they don't have the same budget that they would have normally had just because the tax revenue is not there. 
Right. Didn't it get some money from the stimulus to help with the arts? Yeah, I mean, there's a few different places that have, and I'm sure New York has, but it's still, you know, right. you, you can't, it, it, I, I know some people that are still waiting on money. I mean, when I say people, I'm not artists, but but um, organizations that Business are still waiting, income, right. Right, you know. So do you foresee a problem now that things are starting to maybe come back there's only a certain amount of spots and there's so many people who are right. not where working. We, where so yeah. who gets to get I, the open slots? Right. I, you know, I, I think what's going to happen, I, I think things are going to open up quicker. I, I'm feeling like by the end of July, we're not going to have limited seating kind right. of uh, yeah. outdoor shows. We're going to have pretty, you know, shows. The clubs seem to be ready to open. Mm-hmm. So, that's a big for jazz artists. That's a big, that's uh, a big you know, deal, aspect. Well, the, so garden, they're taking tour. the garden, just to, I mean, you know, uh, June 20th, there's going to uh, the Foo Fighters are playing, you know, no mask, no just that you have to show proof of vaccination. And June 26th, right. Springsteen starts in, in the Broadway theater. So it's like right. you gotta right. let the right. jazz kids get back. If they can do it, you can right. figure out a way to get the jazz. The jazz I, I, I think it's going to come back faster here. Yeah, the problem is they're not going to be able to tour. I don't think the same way they thought in Europe or, or Japan yet. Um, I don't and, until you know, let's knock on wood. Let's hope well, nothing, a friend you know, of mine who works, who works for the UN and he does infectious disease all over the world told me at the beginning, start to finish before anything kind of seems like the ship is righted. It is three years, three full years. And I yeah. think with touring, because yeah, but listen, Japan right now, the number, the numbers are going up. They've had a right, thousand right. volunteers quit the Olympics because in Tokyo, the right. numbers are going up. And then right. uh, most of the people are not vaccinated. And Tokyo in Japan is a huge jazz market. It's huge. Yeah. yeah. Cutting that off is so much, and they pay, it's a lot of money for a lot of people not having those markets that appreciate the art form more than we do in the U.S. And right, and this, well, and this is, and it's also for international acts coming here. Summertime yeah. is always when Yusu comes and Baba right. Mall comes yeah. and all the African. They yeah. are sure as shit not letting African and your any act going through any country with a high COVID rate is not coming here. Well, listen, who's no. who's opening the garden? The Foo Fighters. The Foo Fighters. They're you know domestic. I mean? yeah, they're, they're completely domestic. domestic. Yeah. They're domestic. Yeah. They're vaccinated. They're ready to go. And it's Steve <laughs> yeah. Grohl. Bless his heart. We used to say he'd go to the opening of an envelope. He'll go to the opening of a Madison Square Garden. Yeah. And, <laughs> yes, and also, I mean, all joking aside, you can you can contact trace a crowd at the garden, especially if everybody's coming in with their rat. Yeah, they got to start that's, small. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah they yeah. got to start small. All right. So, um, I was, oh, I'm sorry, Brian. Yeah, what were you going to say? No, no, I, I, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like we were all amped. Uh, Courtney and I were all amped about the Pet Shop Boys tour, but I, of course, because I don't know how to read, thought they were coming this September. It's September 2022. Because it was originally this September, and right, got right. That's because here's that's the thing: what I'm now. they keep on pushing oh, them back. Well, you think yeah. about the amount of tours that got canceled that sold tickets. Right. Right. Now you have to reschedule. Every Celine, Every I don't believe. I think Celine had to bump. I think she bumped to like 2020. Three maybe like yeah. that's how the dates like now everyone who literally remember there were people who were, actually had gone out on the road right. there were the shows that were just about to go out on the road that sold tickets. I mean if, if you're a smart booking agent you you're you're booking you know twenty four and twenty three uh, yeah. last year because yeah. you're like 
hopefully by then it's going to be over. So right. let me just lock in all as many dates as I can. You know? Well, the garden is basically open because Harry Styles is doing five nights in October. And then yeah, Billy but the Joel garden is always what the reason why Barclays works in New York is the garden's one of the hardest places to get dates. Right. But I'm saying they're there. So it'll be it'll be interesting. But pet shop, I, I have to start working on Harry Styles tickets now. That's my next uh, focus. Yeah. Um, like so, hey, I, hey. I need a little joy in my life. I need a little joy. I think we need to talk about the super thing that we have not talked about with you, sir. And that will be your Brody. relation to Joe, to, to the legendary. Yeah. <laughs> the legendary DJ Joe Clausel. I mentioned that to Courtney. And I was, like, I was like, stop. Everything. Everything. Yeah. Nora Jones oh. is great, and I think that's amazing. And congratulations. <laughs> but um, yeah, Joe, 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 and I go back. You know who? How I, Joe and I met was uh, Fumi. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know oh, Fumi. Fumi Courtney. I know who Fumi so, is. Absolutely. So, yes. so, so Fumi brought Joe to one of those those Tuesday Welcome to the Jazz Club nights at Frank's, mm -hmm. uh -huh. and then. You know, Joe invited me to when he used to work at Dance Tracks mm -hmm. and, you know, he used to play on Friday nights and all the new records or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so we just became friends and then started talking about musicians. And then he started calling me for musicians for some of his remixes. Mm -hmm. um, and that's we started doing something. Then he was doing a Monday Mishru um, project and it was like she came in with the whole score. Mm -hmm. So he was like, I, he had never really worked like that. So he mm -hmm. came to me and he said, you want to co-produce this with me? And so we did, uh, it was, it was, a, it was a series of, of seasons and we did spring. Mm -hmm. um, and so that when we worked together in the studio, because it's a little difficult when you have two producers working it could be, it could either be a nightmare it, or, or it great, be, right? The synergy has and, to be perfect. Yeah. And it was golden. Cause I mean, I know he knows his place and I know my place. Right, and, right. Um, and we just get along, you know, period. Nice. So he's a really, uh, he's a really, yeah. really nice guy. He's a yeah. really, he's, he's like, a legend. So listen, when, when, when I was leaving blue note, mm -hmm. um, he came to me and he was, you know, he said, listen, uh, we should do something because he wanted to do some stuff that wasn't part of the dance, the, the straight up house mm -hmm. thing. And we, we were always looking for like tracks like that. So, cause I was at blue note. I had a remix to Sandra Wilson. I had a mm -hmm. remix, uh, Ronnie Jordan. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, you know, we should look for stuff that really is kind of outside of that, that we can, have access to and would create our own little boutique label and production thing. And that's, that's how Sophie's, you know, came about was because of that. Nice. And so we've been doing sort of boutique re, you know, mixes. The le the most recent thing we did was the Angela Johnson thing that I think dropped last week Okay. as 12 inch. And you know, he's only vinyl pretty much. I love that. There's I love CD that. compilations, but this is a vinyl house. Vinyl. I love that. Yeah. This is a vinyl house. So, yeah, so, so, but, you know, one of the other people that have really been heard is DJs, mm -hmm. you know, outside of the people that are doing like these, you know, streaming kind of things, they've almost created a whole new uh, career for themselves on, yes. online and streaming. But the other DJs that are actually touring all the time, like Joe or Danny Crivet, it's really dope. Um, they're, all been sitting home. they're, they're, you know, they've been singing at home, they're dying.
And, uh, and their market is really international. It is yeah, Ibiza yeah. in the summer. It is all of, it's the full yeah. circuit. Mykonos, it's all of the, it's would, all of the places, I, I South Africa, be, everywhere. I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if some of those places, I mean, I know like in, in, in Greece, like the islands, like Santorini, a place like that, they are basically vaccinating they are they are gearing the their vaccination pro process towards the wealthy you know the wealthy areas where the club kids go for yeah. that exact reason. I mean, they're basically like, if you want to come here, you get vaccinated. I mean, you know, these are wealthy people. Yeah, but it's still like, islands. but still, the DJs that are getting those gigs are local. The international people are sitting home. Remember, Bill told us uh, we had a Bill Coleman, a Peace Biscuit, was on last week, and he talked oh. about. You know, oh, Bill. Yeah, you know, Bill's he my, I always tell people, Bill is the, my favorite music manager that I've yeah. ever worked with. He is a great, great listen, and he helps me like with some of like back. I was doing all of Beyonce. I was a and all her dance remixes and doing all of that stuff. And he was doing some back end stuff for me to help me because I was like, Bill, I'm having I, like I'm trying to do this creative stuff and deal with money. I need you to help me. And he. Really, kind of helped me. Yeah, he's the man. Stuff. He's a he's a great guy. But, but you don't. Think, but he talked don't... about that. Hold on. He talked about that 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 uh, foundation. It was made up uh, that they put a bunch of money in to try to right. help a lot of the DJs and all of these guys. Right. They're really and the promoters. Now, I've seen some of the young promoters that I know have been throwing parties in these spaces, really uptown, and trying to do it. But I, I all of the DJs that I know really fit are home maybe they're sitting at home they're home uh, maybe 25 days a year they are literally on the road no one has been anywhere yeah. and i mean f the thing is that that's where a lot of your revenue is coming in mm -hmm. so for the guys that are also producers like joe mccrivet and stuff that are doing productions um they've had to somewhat scale back down what their productions are mm -hmm. although because they haven't been on the road when they finally go back out, they're going to have a whole year's worth of new tracks and stuff. That, mm -hmm. you know. And listen, so. I think it's coming to summer. Like you, I do. It seems like it's just going to be, and everybody's like, oh, yeah. what's it going to be? People have been in their houses. You just have to tell them they can go and they're going to be ready. But I think yeah. that in terms of, in, I mean, I'm just talking just money talks type of thing. I think in terms of international, you are going to see situations where, these clubs are going to, it'll be more expensive, but they will start bringing maybe um, American DJs or whoever, French DJs over to places if they're vaccinated. I think that's yeah. just going to be it. They're going to center the vaccination. They're going to center the vaccination sites. It'll be like destination weddings. It'll be destination vaccinations, you know? It's true, and, but it's just hard. There's so many people, you know, like, they're, no, but these like, are they're really, a, but, but, but. These it doesn't just people. work with just rich people, you know what I mean? Because these guys are used to being on the road. They're traveling every. They're just no, 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 constant, I, constant, constant. No, and, I'm just talking about it'll. I, I'm just talking about for this summer because I think yeah. it'll, it'll sort of, it's sort of gear. They have yeah. to kind of get it going like that, and I think by because I would think that outdoors out, it's going to start outdoors. It has to start. Well, outdoors. no, we're seeing it start indoors, right? Cause the garden's coming back right. Bruce, and they, yeah. they're not coming back next month. They announced this week and they're like, yo, in three yeah. weeks show. Right. But yeah. back, but, but you have to have Brian lives in a state that doesn't believe in vaccination. Well, they Let say that, but, but I went to the shelter party this weekend. It was supposed to be a vaccinated party. And when I got there, it was like, well, if you weren't, then you have this bad. So, we will see how much they enforce the you're supposed to be vaccinated when somebody shows up with their thousand dollar ticket. 
I think indoor. Right. I, I honestly think indoors. They're gonna mm -hmm. they're gonna do it. It's a diff. You know what I mean? Like legal, not to get all crazy, but there's mm -hmm. a huge difference. You're gonna have to sign a liability thing. Mm -hmm. Just everybody, because Florida, your governor doesn't believe in COVID, so you know. No, so, I mean you yeah. know Florida <laughs> hasn't. It's been bad because Florida is just a bizarre place anyway. But <laughs> the counties and the 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 um, city executives. Um, have really been on the case uh, in terms of getting vaccinations and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. it hasn't been that, that bad. It's just that the, the head of the state is just a complete ass. I mean, he's insane. You know, he's insane. He's, he's a complete he's, ass. He's running for president. Yeah, yeah. That's what's happening. He's getting ready. We talked a little bit, Brian, cause you sent me about, I just want we talked a little bit about the Tommy boy, the whole Tommy boy deal. And I just was wondering, you know, just what you, your take on it, but just also what you think about um, ownership. I mean, that's we've talked a lot about this. This whole idea of, of artists with their with ownership and just what you're with the day law. Yeah, the yeah, day law thing. Mm -hmm. that. So I I I think that you know I mean they sort of intimated, or they didn't get into it too deeply, that uh, they were also talking to their conversations to, uh, were happening. Yeah, to to, to day law, right? So because. I mean, if I'm Faith Newman, you want to launch this, and the one record that you're going to want to have is Three Feet and Rising. That, I mean, that, you know, you want to have like specialty vinyl box sets, you know, some streaming with extra stuff and, right. you know, CD boxes. So that you need to have that like sewn away. So whatever it costs, I mean, they're already paying, you know, a crazy amount for the label. So, it's you know whatever they got to throw daylight is not a big deal. I, well, I, if, if they're not happy, because like you said, like we were saying, they're they're the one that always that's the problem, not because it's Daylaw's problem. So yeah, but it was because nobody wanted to pay them off, and right. and now you got somebody that's buying it, they're gonna want to pay them off. And Faith Newman was at Columbia when I worked at Columbia, and she's a really respected person. I don't huh. see Faith Newman doing this unless you like can. trying to I, I i i'm going to have faith that in all of these years this situation with it with with de la's work will finally be corrected because there is an actual music person there yeah. not yeah. not some conglomerate not some guys who are just looking at numbers listen have a if, music if person. faith goes to spotify Right. And Deezer, let's say, because mm -hmm. Deezer is probably the number one thing in Europe or in France. It says, I want you to give me some money for Dela as well to contribute. They're going to do it because you know what? I mean, the day that they advertise that Three Freedom Rising is available on Spotify. Right. That's it's going to be it's like a big deal. people writing articles. about. And it, then all know? of these young kids, that new generation of all of these yeah. kids who are giving you that energy right now have a whole new situation to discover. And then well, a this whole is like, catalog. To yeah, they don't know this record no. unless their parents own it, basically. And so, right. yeah, that's that's like, that will be the hip-hop equivalent of Prince being available mm -hmm. on streaming. Right. It's going to be the last stumbling block was right. De La Soul. And I think a lot of things, I think that will actually lead to a lot of other things in terms of them getting into the Rock and Roll Hall right. of Fame. Them all, right. because I got the phone call from Tom Silverman, we all did a couple of years yeah. ago, with the hard press about getting them in, and you're like, ah, you know, why don't you throw them, a, throw them some money, you know? <laughs> I mean, listen, what, what, um, was it Pasta News is on, on, on that Tom Mish track. Right. Mm -hmm. Right, on that Tom Mish single, and, and he's in the video, even. You know, they did a really slick thing where they, 
you know, it's like a party in a sort of studio. And then all of a sudden there's a TV. And when the rap uh, section comes in, he's actually on the TV. Doing, you, ha- you haven't seen that? No. Who's the, who's oh, the artist you're talking dope. about? Who's the artist? Tom Mish. Tom Mish, the UK. He's a big, big act. Okay. M I S C H. Okay. All right. Well, I know that they tour. But I saw him with Gorilla, so that's still a page yeah. for them too. Listen, so they, I, they, I they, they were a touring act. That's how they've been making their money for years because they right. couldn't make it right. over their records. All I right. Know. So before we wrap up, I, I do have a question for you, Nora Jones. So you get this artist, singer songwriter. Okay, I need to A and R this record. It ter- it turns into one of those things that. No one can predict that. I don't, we've all heard the person who was signed and this is going to be the big thing and it doesn't, here this quiet singer-songwriter comes up and then you hear your name call for a Grammy. No, not for that, for Gregory Porter. Oh, I got Grammy. for Gregory Porter. You yeah. got for both? Oh, for Gre- you, yeah. No, so, no, I, I was there when she got, but I you wasn't, were there for, because so I was you got, you got your Grammy for, for, for Gregory. So you, yeah. you do this record, it explodes everywhere. What is, what are you saying when it when it starts to take off? Because I know it debuted kind of low and really sort of built. Yeah, you know, it was a strange record because, um, I mean, I believed in her, and I now we were at Blue Note, so mm-hmm. I had gone to see her, and she was um, she was doing like jazz standards with a trio, mm-hmm. more or less. When we this was at the very beginning. And then she hooked up with, um, uh, what's his name, Jesse, um, who was a singer-songwriter with Scientist Sony ATV. Mm. And he was slick. He had her do the, his demos. Mm-hmm. So she was the voice on his demos. Mm. And then he started going out on the road, touring with her around town, especially. And he barely sang. He just had her sing. It's all his music, but mm-hmm. she did the singing. Mm-hmm. So she really got into the whole singer-songwriter thing then, and things started to change. And you know, we were we were fighting for her with Atlantic, who was trying mm-hmm. to sign her as well, because mm-hmm. she was singing with the band Wax Poetic. Got it. She was like the voice there. So I suggested that we do a demo deal and kind of lock her up. Um, Shell White was her manager at the time. And we went in for like two days as Sorcerer Sound. I brought Jay Newland in. And basically, the record that you heard is what was sort of the demos, was the basis of the demos. Wow. And so we did that. And then she wanted to be able to sell. While she was going to make her record, she wanted to be able to sell some of the tracks. So we made a six track sampler mm-hmm. and she went out on the road and she was able to sell that. And what happened was some of these stations like KCRW, FUV, New York, uh, DT, stations like that, they locked onto that sampler mm-hmm. and they started playing it. So when, by the time the record came out, all these sort of alternative to a triple a stations were, were, you know, rocking this sampler before the record. So when the record finally came out, the record was a reworking of, we did 13 tracks in those two days and we 
pared it down. Arif Martin was the producer for it. He went back and he went, he, what happened was Craig Street originally did the thing, but we ended up just uh, getting rid of that whole project because it, it was sort of like this alternative thing. And she, in the end, she didn't like it. Mm-hmm. And so we went back and Arif just went back to the original demos and he said, I'm just going to take these and I'm going to work from here and, and polish them up. And right. that's what he did. And uh, so when that came on, a lot of the stations, like they did a video, but you know, Nora, she still hates videos. Mm-hmm. You know, she believes like you should play live and a video is nothing like a live thing. So they did the video and MTV wasn't, didn't want to play it. VH1 didn't want to play it. But what was happening was all these little stations were picking up uh, the song and starting to play it. And the response from the audience was so strong that people were calling like Z100 and asking them, you know, can you play Nora Jones? So eventually, yeah, eventually, you know, all these stations started adding it. And it became like sort of across the board. I mean, when when I finished the record and, and handed it in, I didn't know what was going to happen with it. But what I felt was two things. One, I said, this is a beautiful heroin record, right? Because it, it there was no, it, there really wasn't like a, a, a strong rhythmic pulse to it. It was just kind of, a, you know, minute, a way back. I just want to qualify. Heroin like the drug or heroin like, like, a, a, like a girl drug. hero? Like a drug. Like oh, okay, drug. Cool. Oh, wait a minute. A good, I, I need way. to go back and listen way. to it then because I love a junkie record. Damn. Yeah. So okay. I said, that's it. And then uh, the other thing I said, you know what? It's like, what's not to like? You know, there's really right. nothing. Not, I mean, her voice is kind of golden. It's just. It's beautiful. It is. Record. It's, it's beautiful. There were great, you know, songs. She was right. starting to come into her own as a songwriter. Um, and it was a simple, you know, simple record. I mean, the response is what it is. So I think this response was just natural. It's interesting because those are the kind of, it kind of just crosses across genres. People started picking it up. You know, hip hop artists started saying they dug the album. And, you know, so it's almost like hip hop artists that love Sade, you know? Right. Every, right. every hip hop artist loves Sade, right? So I, and her work you know, with Q-Tip is really good too. The stuff she did on the on the yeah. Renaissance record, her stuff with Q-Tip right. is fantastic. Well, I she mean, has a soothing a, voice. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. She has yeah. one of those voices that's just—it's got a—it's—it's it's young you. too, and she's got yeah. this huskiness to her. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, you know, during COVID, she was doing. She was basically sitting in her home at the piano or sometimes on guitar, and just like playing songs. She would play like two songs. And just get an audience and that she would have like a charity for people to donate to. Nice. And the amount of stuff that she did there, I, you know, I told her, I said, you should, you should, re- you should re- release all this, you know, release it as a DVD or release it as a CD of, you know, just, uh, she's still COVID, in Bro- she, is she still in Brooklyn? Is she still living in Brooklyn? She's still in Brooklyn. I don't know if she's going to move. She's in, um, what's the, what's the neighborhood by like, uh, Baltic and, Carol Garden. She's like Carol over Garden. there, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Can I tell you my really short... Oh, I'm sorry. Finish. I want to tell you my funny Nora Jones story real quick. Oh, no. I mean, that's that's it. I mean, I, I was I was shocked that, it, you know, I think the record came out in February. And by June, it had gone... It was about to hit a million. Yeah. So, I mean, it was just like taking off at that point. 
And it was um, when still people still bought records back then. I mean, it right. appealed it appealed to an audience that did not stream. You know, older right. people. The thing don't is, it appealed stream. to it appealed to everybody. That's everybody. why it was so yeah, big. Yeah, yeah. That was just one of what young people. Her voice, that time, those songs. It was like the perfect story. It just right. gelled with everybody. I, I wonder what the numbers are now. Because when maybe, because I wrote something for Gary Harris, remember, for his blog. Uh, he asked me to write about it, and I wrote about it. Yeah. And at that time, that record had sold over 30 million worldwide. Mm. So I was sort of like, well, now I don't know how you register because it, most of the people are, Streaming, you know, they're not yeah. buying CDs. It's used right. CDs, if anything. Mm -hmm. Probably there's, there's people that are buying vinyl now again, but it's mainly going to be streaming. And I just wonder what the streaming is like on something like that. Well, her backstory, still the backstory also helps sell it too. I mean, she's got a oh, really yeah. unique yeah. backstory. Yeah. I mean, and, you know. and she's genuine. She's, you know, yeah. she really is who she is. You know, yeah. she's not a, she's not a, you know, she's not into being in the limelight. She's not. That kind of thing, you know. So. Well, I was going to tell it's a really goofy story, but I went to because see Mavis Staples a whole bunch of years ago at the Bell House. Mm. I have a long history with Mavis. I interviewed her a million times. I love her dearly. Um, so Mavis is up on stage and she goes, we have a couple of really old friends here tonight. We got a couple of really dear friends. And she said, we have Nora Jones here. Mm. And she starts singing a Nora Jones song. Right. And, and then right. she goes, and then we have a dear friend of ours, this wonderful writer, Amy Linden. And everybody kind of looks and Bill Bregan says, Nora Jones just opened up for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I was like, done, <laughs> done. Right, just real quick, yeah, done. You know, like front <laughs> mic, done. And there you go. Yeah, um, like, just, well, let's say, because we have to, we have to, like, before we break, really talk about Gregory Porter as well, because yeah. I love, love. Porter. Love. I love uh, his Greg, voice. Yeah. I'm watching his cooking, his little cooking show. Yeah. show I just watched all of them. I, listen, so I ate I'm it in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, you know the what's the what's the name of the um the bed and breakfast in Brooklyn, Amy? Oh, uh, Aquaba. Aquaba. Yeah, yeah. Aquaba. Yeah. So that's where he's. You know, when he came to New York, that's where he was. He was. Uh, he was a sous chef there. Mm. Oh wow! Because his his brother was also working there, and then when they when his brother opened up Bread Sty. Right. Um, the cafe, he, you know, he's made, I think he made soup all the time. That was his big thing. Um, but yeah, I've eaten in that kitchen in Bakersfield. He was a smart guy. He went and bought this huge place at the end of a dead end block. Total privacy. Nice. Uh, you know, swimming pool. It's got a, a, a pool house that's like a three bedroom house. <laughs> and it's got a, a you know mother-in-law above the garage, but nice. it's like a five-car garage. And he got it for three hundred thousand. Yeah, well, it's Bakersfield. Bakersfield, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but guess so, what? Great place to raise his that's family. Where he's from. And that's no, where he's I mean, from, you know? I mean, big, yep. and great musical town too. Come on, man. Great you place know? to raise your family, raise your kids, yeah. do your thing, go out on tour, and come home and have a real life. Yeah. yeah. So he bought a he bought a hotel there too. He's 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 hoping that. The uh, the light rail from L.A. Right. 
uh, happens, That's smart. you know? Yeah. It's going to happen. Listen, all of these things are going to happen. There's, it's all yeah. people. So many people are moving out there and they need transportation and traffic is terrible. Right. Well, not, if, terrible. Not, if we, not if we don't get an infrastructure bill. Oh, oh, but I digress. Well, well Brian, <laughs> thank yeah. you so much for coming and chatting oh. with us and rocking with us. Oh, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. It's a pleasure. So much. It's, it's been so a pleasure. to see you. You know what And I, mean? I love this podcast. Guys. Thank, thank you, you so much. It's one of my thank favorite you. music and, uh, and just culture and, ones. Uh, thank and you. Brian thank has you. a wonderful, wonderful website, Soul uh, Soul Feast Arts, and um, you've been supportive of us. We appreciate it so much because you he he's lets us post on his website. So did I you work on that Somi record? Because you know I love that Somi record. I did. Which uh, one? African Village. African, yes, the, the African Village. African, yeah, yes, that's, yes, Soul, yes. that's a Soul uh, Feast mix. You guys need to. It's it's from. See that was that was so one of the things where we, so we were looking it is for a beat, artists. It's a mood. It's a feeling. It's a full situation. Yeah. Everything. It's everything. Okay, no, I'm, I'll take it. <laughs> take it. I'm hiring you guys it. as my publicist. <laughs> All right, guys. It's a full <laughs> situation. <laughs> full situ Brian Backus, a full okay. situation. Well, right, so guys, <laughs> we want to thank Brian for coming on the show today. We want to thank, thank our new podcast network. Pantheon Podcast. Thank you for having yeah. us. Yeah. Congratulations, Thank by you, the way. Peter. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Brian. You guys you. know where to find us. Now we're everywhere. We're on Deezer. We're on iHeart. We're on Pandora's main feed, which goes through the Pantheon Podcast main feed. We are Spotify, Apple. I don't even know. We're everywhere. Everywhere yeah, you listen right. to the podcast, we are. We're there. So rocking with us. We appreciate you. We love you. We'll Stay you safe, soon. everybody. Take All care. Bye-bye. Right. See, see you in New York. Bye, Brian. Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years' experience booking bets and supporting customers. Betfred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Long Shots Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.